Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Mildred Tassoni and um, Real Estate Coast to Coast. Today, Michelle Cox is going to be with us. She's with Centered Staging and Redesign in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good, Mildred. How are you? Good, good. Um, what we'd like to talk about today is some of the things that Michelle has encountered doing her staging, some of her staging jobs this week. So, um, and then there were a couple of things that we didn't get to on previous sessions, but we'll start off with what uh, were some of the things that happened this week? Here you go, Well, um, I, one of the homes I staged for Keller Williams um, here in Nashville at the Green Hills office um, it's a beautiful home in Franklin um, and a family home, about over 2,000 square feet, um, and it's priced to sell. It's 319000 um, and they've had showings almost every day for six months, and it is a beautiful home, and an offer was made on the home next door, but not their home, and so... I went in and um, immediately saw there was just too much furniture, and they had really nice furniture, but um, that project was all about editing the furniture. And um, it's a family of four. No, it's a family of six. There's four kids. And um, through that process, the client kept commenting on how much she appreciated that I was able to eliminate furniture and eliminate family photos and eliminate artwork but still maintain a sense of the family style and um, not just, you know, bulldoze over everything that they liked with my, you know, staging, um, everything, you know, having everything be neutral and plain. So I was able to maintain their sense of style and still stage the home simply and um, get it ready for the next showing. Um, yeah, and I think especially with uh, kids, if you've got four kids, um, they have to live in the home. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost fact, disruptive enough that they're going to be moving. Even if it's a positive move, it's still disruptive. So to maintain that uh, sense of uh, normalcy for a routine for the kids, um, especially during school, Time. So you think it was just too much furniture, too much yes. pictures, too many things. Mm-hmm. They had a beautiful sitting room. All the furniture was new. It was absolutely gorgeous. But they also had a piano in the room. <laughs> so every okay. inch of space was taken up. So I had to clear out some of those big pieces because I couldn't clear out the piano. And um, so the piano became more of the focal point, and it actually transformed the room into more of a sitting music area, brought a couple guitars in there. Because this is Music City, so, um, you know, home buyers are 
used to seeing home studios when they're out shopping. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really. Oh, that's, yeah, you're nice right. You're right. Jam. And, um, um, but yeah, with the kids too, that was important. Uh, I had to put. I went out and shopped for couch covers for um, their sofas because the um, couches were really stained. And I fell in love with these cream colored sofa covers because it matched their walls, but not it just wouldn't work with four kids. So had to adjust the staging plan, like you said, according to their lifestyle and um, get some dark chocolate brown couch covers. <laughs> and they were yeah. happy with it. Now, how, what did you do in their bedrooms? How did you handle the kids' bedrooms to depersonalize that but still, you know, not take everything away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were two younger children and two teens. So with the younger children, I put... Um, one really nice stuffed animal in each of their beds and all the rest went into a basket in the closet and um, took out about half of their books. But all the books that I left, um, you know, were, were staged really nicely on a shelf and um, put a, just one really nice um, piece of art on the walls that looked kind of childlike. And then in the teen rooms, pretty much had to take down all of their art and stuff. They had already done a lot of that, which was great. So they were they were very accommodating because they were very excited about getting into their new home. But yeah, a lot of depersonalization had to happen in all four of those rooms. <laughs> Luckily, they were really yeah. Nice about how did, it. Yeah. How did you handle dealing with the younger children? Did you have them? <laughs> have the parents tell them? Did you have them? involved in it? Well, I mean, I realize every case is different, but in general... I really like to... When I start staging, I really like to work alone. So I do all that preliminary stuff with the homeowners before I go into stage. So I met with with the realtor first and then with the the parents and sat down with the parents and went through every single room in the house and took all my before photos and um, went through all that with the homeowners and um, in detail. And the homeowners took notes in every room um, of things that they needed to take care of before I got there. So on the day of staging, they had already worked with their children, got their children on board, had all of mm-hmm. all of that, you know, big stuff taken care of. And I just worked with um, the mother all day long, um, you know, doing the rest of the staging. But she took care of the emotional stuff with the family, which was yeah, great. Yeah, no, because that is, yeah, I mean, and, and of course it's, each situation is different, the age of the child and and how, you know, how much they know about the move. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, nothing is cookie cutter when it comes to, um, you know, dealing with the family on this. Uh, one note that I will say is uh, we had uh, an action figure that they had put most of them away, and, you know, you tell the family, jewelry, medications, put, take all those, lock them up, because mm-hmm. you never know. And an action figure was taken that, you know, wasn't hugely expensive, but it was meaningful to the to the child. And oh. because... It can be, you You have four people, you know, it could be accidental. A child could take something that the parent won't even realize. I, I mean, you know, uh, so 
we Uh-oh. tell them also with the jewelry and the medications, uh, any any kind of small toy or action figure, get it oh. out of there, take it away, you know. Right. Um, and uh, now, how do you handle? Do you box? The reason I'm asking you about, you know, you said you put the things in the closet. We had a house where they had this huge, several huge doll collections. Mm-hmm. And it was a little unnerving for some people right. to walk in and see all these dolls, you know. It was like, uh, so, um, but boxing things up and putting them in the, in a closet, do you try and put them in a closet, like one central closet or you know, that's out of the way? Because people love to look in closets. Uh, or do you try and keep keep them separate for each room? What do you, how do you handle that? Yeah, I know, you're right. I mean, the closets definitely need to stay as then and organized as they possibly can because closets sell homes. So I definitely can't fill them up and make them, you know, more cluttered than they already usually are, so... Um, in this particular case, there was a big attic and a garage, so I definitely utilized those spaces. But even even then, I mean, I still have to keep things looking nice. And um, I use a lot of baskets. I can never have too many baskets because that way you can store stuff, but it still looks pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Uh, what about animals? I, I know that... Um, Sometimes people, you know, we're used to having animals in the house, like dogs and cats. Or I've had a house where there were birds, and they had lots of birds, and we had them take downstairs. But still, uh, do you you try and recommend having people have them in one area? Uh, It makes it trickier to show. um, But what... Definitely take them, take them out. out because um, and all of their paraphernalia, all their you know eating dishes and food, and, and definitely no no pet odors at all because it's also it plays into depersonalizing and any new potential buyer who walks into a home they want to see the home as their own. They want to imagine their pets in there and their families. So um, it's just part of it's part of that process. And you know, just clearing out as much of the current homeowner's identity as as you can, but still make it look like a home. Um, so I know a lot of home stagers will put their staging cards and flyers. Sometimes I put them in every single room to show that they staged the home, and I understand that method. But I don't do that because I really want the home to feel like a home. I, I mean, I might have one flyer up by the realtor's information that, you know, shows that I staged it. But it's a balance between making it very attractive to a new buyer where a new buyer can see themselves living there um, and also have it feel comfortable and homey. Right. And and I think you're trying to sell the house. That's what you're marketing and really selling as opposed exactly. to your services. Or even the realtor services. Mhm. That's my perspective. Yeah. That's I feel comfortable. Yeah. With. I and I, you know, I know it's difficult, um, especially if you have multiple pets 
or like for example birds don't um you, you don't take them out in and out as as frequently as a cat or a dog you could mm-hmm. could do that with uh but i think uh it it makes it makes it so that you get them in the process and we You've spoken yeah. about this before, getting them into the move mentality as opposed to just showing. And Absolutely. Staging is a huge and, part of that. It's and, a huge and, part of that and, momentum. Yeah, talk about, uh, and you've spoken about this before, about your selling, switching over from living there to marketing an asset. Right. I mean, I feel like I'm part of that support team, you know, working in um, community with the realtor to prepare to support the family um, or just the homeowner in general to make that transition from the home where you're living or where you've been living is no longer your home. It's your investment now, and you're moving to a new home. And so my job as a stager is to support the homeowner um, to utilize their investment and maximize it, every corner, every wall, every inch of square footage um, can be addressed as a marketable aspect of the home. And if it's not, then my job as a stager is to downplay those areas of the home and really accent the areas of the home that are going to attract a buyer. And um, getting the homeowner on board with that mentality is really, really important. And sometimes they're already on board before I come in, but usually they, they make a deeper, bigger shift once I start staging the home. And I had a home last week I was staging for an older gentleman, and um, he had a lot, a lot of artwork on every wall, and it was beautiful, but it was too much and it was too personalized. And so... I came in and I started taking down artwork, you know, left and right. And he said to me a couple of times, oh, you don't like that? And I said, I like it, but not for selling this home. And after he heard me say that a couple of times, he started to identify the style that I was taking out of the home. And so he started looking for things and, and artwork that was, you know, the same style. And he'd show it to me and say, this doesn't sell the home, does it? And I said, no. <laughs> oh, good, good. The box, he started helping. And by the end of the day, I learned it was actually his artwork. He was the artist. So it was really good. I didn't know that ahead of time. But even still, I would have done my job professionally. Um, but he was, you know, laughing at the end, saying, no, oh, you didn't know that was my work, did you? <laughs> oh, that's no, so funny that he was beautiful. able to keep it quiet all day long and not say, well, this is mine, you know? I don't know. I, right. I, I'm a blabbermouth. I, I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that all day. Um, <laughs> but I think that's a, a great thing that you said. This doesn't sell the home, does it? And so that's almost a good uh, concept to go through as you're looking at things. Now, you've had some pretty positive experiences and um, I've had home. What happens when you can't get that emotional detachment from people? 
you know, they say uh, they think that they have decluttered it. Um, is it because you go in, in in one day or one or two days so that, you know, as opposed to a realtor giving that advice where you're there, you know, you're doing open houses, you're getting feedback, you're there more. Is it because you think you, you know, do you ever get like a resistance even though you're there for a short period of time? Oh, definitely. Well, one thing, one piece of that is, like you said, the relationship between the realtor and the homeowner and the relationship between the stager and the homeowner. And I do feel as a stager that I'm the liaison between the realtor and the homeowner. And the realtor's relationship with the homeowner is really different. And I've personally sold several homes and bought several homes. And I know for myself, I have a different emotional connection with my realtor. And for some reason, even as a stager, when a realtor says to me, you need to declutter, it feels personal. But as a stager going in and talking to the homeowner, I think it's just a fresh energy, fresh set of eyes. And I'm able to help them protect the relationship they have with their realtor so that the realtor doesn't have to get in those conversations with them. And I'm taking care of all that, and I'll take the heat if there's resistance from the homeowner and help them move through that. And it's kind of like kneading bread. Like, I have to start out really slow. I can't just go in and say, all this goes, you know, (laughs) we're moving this around. And so I start off really slow, and I listen to the homeowner and listen to – First, the first part of it is listening, listening to how they live in the home, listen to what pieces of furniture they absolutely have to have in a certain room to make that room work for them, and, and as well as their artwork, as well as their family photos. And um, I tell them, you know, choose a couple family photos. I don't want to take all your family photos out. I know a lot of stagers do, but, again, I want the home to feel like a home, and I've been a, a buyer myself. I actually like seeing who lives in the home. I only need one photo <laughs> or maybe two, right. but I don't mind seeing a picture of the couple by their bedside and say, seeing, oh, it's a happy couple that lives here. So I give the homeowner that kind of respect. And, and before I start talking about taking things out, I'm talking about what do you need? You know, what what do I need to keep in the space? And, mm-hmm. you know, there might be some editing that happens as the relationship with them you know, gets a little bit closer through the workday or the, a couple of workdays, then I might say, you know, I know you really were attached to having this piece, but, it, you know, you see the rooms, look at how far we've gotten. If we just take that out, we can replace it with this. Or we can, and that just happened, this home I just did. <clears throat> the first thing the homeowner said is, I have to have this utility cart in the dining room. It's the only place I have for my office stuff. I work from home. I have four kids. Just whatever you do, do not remove this from the dining room. And I went out and I bought a whole new dining room set for her. I picked it out. You know, she paid for it. Set up this beautiful dining room set, and then there's this ugly utility cart in the corner. I didn't say anything, and it was the hour before the showing. And she looked at that room, and they had a huge, beautiful office with built-in cabinets and everything in another part of the house. I never said anything, and that, that last hour before the showing, she took a look at the cart. She said, you know what? I can set up all of my stuff in the office. I was like, that's brilliant. Let me help you, and I'll take the utility cart to the garage for you. <laughs> so they they do come around. Once they see the process unfold and once 
they feel respected and there's a sense of trust. And they do get on board. They get excited and want to be a part of, you know, getting that house sold and getting into their, their dream home. Yeah, sorry, I just got disconnected and recall. I uh, had to uh, reconnect, so I missed that last little chunk there. So um, uh, let's see. Now, what you? What's the difference? You don't mind me transition because I'm not exactly sure what you covered. Um, what's the difference between doing a smaller home and a really a much larger? Do you? you do a certain amount of square footage in one day and you realize that it, it will take two days to do a larger a larger mm-hmm. home? How do you handle that? Well, if it's a vacant home, I use the stage, same staging plan for every home, regardless of the size or condition. I stage the living room, dining room, kitchen, all the bathrooms, and the master bedroom. And then I'll I'll definitely do stuff on the front porch if there's a porch or any inch all the entryways um, and as much curb appeal as I can. So that's standard. If it's um, an occupied home, I do the entire home, floor to ceiling, you know, every every inch of space. And the amount of time it takes, you know, as you said, it varies a bit from you know depending depending on how much work the homeowner has done ahead of time and then you know, how big the house is. But a big mm-hmm. house can go faster than a small house if it's already, if there's already been a lot of decluttering and, um, you know, simplifying that's happened. So do you, uh, so you have a checklist and you go over it with the realtor, so you, you try and encourage um, some basics. I mean, we've all seen so many shows on mm-hmm. decluttering and staging and things. So it's not like, you know, that the homeowner probably has doesn't hasn't seen any of these. Um right. That <laughs> right. So they have kind of an idea and if you have a checklist then I would think they would have somewhat of an idea of Definitely. what you are going to do right would make it a little easier. Um now, you know, you mentioned the attic of the garage where you could store things. I think it would have been easier to do the attic because you want to showcase the garage. I guess if things are heavy, it would be easier to have a storage area in an attic as opposed to I've had a home where everything goes in the garage and you can open it and it's just like totally full, but we didn't, you know, there were things that had to come out of the house, and that's where the homeowner wanted to put it anyway. Um, I, can also, I also suggest sometimes that they rent a pod. If they have mm-hmm. the space outside, they can start packing the pod. They rent it for, you know, a, on a month-to-month basis until their house sells, and then um, the pod is picked up and taken to their new house and they can rent it for another month after they move into the new house, and it gives them more time to pack and unpack. That's a helpful tool. Yeah, I I think that's a good idea, too. Um, Now, uh, so what about some of the things where the homeowners wouldn't cooperate? Do you have any, any... stories about that, not that it's negative, but just how it held it up or held the sale up. 
I honestly, I mean, like I said, I've had a few experiences where they were resistant at first, but um, even with the older gentleman who's home I staged um, this week, like there were pieces of art, like I said, that he was so attached to. And, um, you know, once he saw my plan, you know, he he got on board. So my experience has been that homeowners do get on board. Once they see it happen, they have, you know, I tell them there's a method to the madness because at first when I'm taking things apart, it just looks very chaotic. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and and I do I do a lot of it on my own. So I really try to lock myself off in a room and stay in there from beginning to end so the homeowner's not, Seeing you know a lot of chaos throughout their house, and um, but I'm really working with the homeowner. I don't really do very much of this with the realtor at all. Once the realtor hands the job over to me, it's me and the homeowner. And after my initial consultation with the homeowner, I come home and write my notes out for every room and tell explain to the homeowner what um, my intention is for that room, um, what the purpose is, how I'm going to define that space. And um, so they know ahead of time what I'm going to be doing. And um, mm-hmm. that, that really seems to help. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, that is a good way to do it. Um, and you've and it shows the preparation. And then you're clear, they're clear, and it should make it go that much smoother. Um, and I honestly, and I think you're you're very right about you're the intermediary between the realtor and the homeowner, so that you're, uh, although um, we know I can look at a room and it can tell if it's too much stuff in it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have your vision of how to really bring it out mm-hmm. for that particular room. I've got ideas, you know, basics, but I have a good eye, but not the design sense to redesign it. And uh, so... Uh, I think you you're right that you can then have it's almost like good cop bad cop you know the real yeah. the good cop up but not that you you would be but you they're they're going to understand that you really do have the professional design sense and exactly. work with you on that because you can't if you're trying to be from a realtor perspective too much um uh, you've got other things to deal with. You've got the showings and the, you know, a lot of the technical process of marketing it, and so it just helps. It's it's another person on the team. Now, yes. you and I were. Um, I'd like to switch over to technology for a, a minute um, because we will be up uh, doing some hangouts on Google Plus because what you can have there is up to 10 people video conferenced in. And I see this, uh, while they haven't come up with the business model yet for Google+, Plus, mm-hmm. I see this as a way that, number one, the real estate homeowner design team can collaborate uh, so that you could uh, get on there and say, look, I've emailed you the plan. We're all set for Thursday. Here's some of the things. I did have a few questions. You might want to use it like that. Um, Yeah, I can definitely see that working. Yeah, I could, especially in bad weather. 
mm-hmm. or you know, you work in you have a little bit further distances, but like we work on Long Island, and you have houses at one end of the island. You have other places. So even doing possibly some virtual open houses and then having your customers, you could be right there uh, mm. and showing showing this, you know, showing the kitchen. Is this what you're looking for? This is a great kitchen, doing a little broadcasting. So I see great uses for it, um, yeah. and so we will, you and I will be on there, and I will be posting. We'll post when we do a hangout sometime uh, maybe in the evenings where somebody might have some questions they want to come on and, and ask you about staging. And uh, so we can do, we'll do some of those. We'll try and get some of the uh, Keller Williams realtors we're going to have some of them on hopefully next week and just talk about their experiences, how uh, it's... Okay, we have just a 90 seconds left. So we'll be putting that up now. We're going to... You have your Facebook business page, which mm-hmm. is Centered Staging and Redesign, right? And yes. all your contact information is there. And you've been posting some of your before and after photos up there. So people could go there. I think that's about the easiest place to find you. And we'll then then post when we're going to be doing some uh, hangouts. So we'll also have an invitation to get people on Google+, and then they'll be able to ask you some questions. So what do you have coming up this week? Well, I was going to say at the Google Plus, they can show me pictures of their listing, um, and we can talk about it um, live like that. Yeah, so, yeah, that would be good. So, all right, well, thank you so much, Michelle. I really appreciate it. And um, we will um, talk to you on our next episode. That sounds great. Thank you for having me. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.